Unanimously, they hated it. Hello and welcome to another episode of Geek Chew, a podcast where we chew over the geeky things that we love. I'm Eamon. And I'm Charlene. And our intro music is by my brother Ryan. And uh, it's been a couple weeks. Yes. Needed some time off. And? I'm just, you know, it's a lot of work. Yes. (laughs) In honor of the Snyder Cut, though, I think that this podcast going four hours today would be appropriate, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, by the time we're done and it's posted, people will see that that's not true, but... Yeah. They're just a little scared. <laughs> <laughs> They're not paying attention. Yeah. I don't know what uh, what else are we talking about. I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about the Snyder Cut. Right. But we also watched the first two episodes of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. which, uh, I, you know, it's amazing. I, I love it. I did not like Very, it at all. Oh, well, I'm just kidding. We, I love it. <laughs> we can discuss that <laughs> when we get there. Um, I knew you were lying. Yeah. Kidding. Lying. Lying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't funny, so I can't really <laughs> say I was joking. Uh, we also read the new series by Scott Snyder and Tony Daniel, Noctera, mm-hmm. which was, uh, I thought, really good. I really liked it as well. And um, I mean, other than that, we just, I mean, we did watch Empty Man, Blech. which <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it, it was entertaining. Yeah, I, I actually was pretty into it while we were watching it yeah it's one of those movies that's kind of ill-defined i guess it's broadly a horror movie with like some detective stuff worked in there supernatural uh things also it was written directed by david Pryor, and it's got our our boy james badgedale (laughs) our boy yeah (laughs) when did that happen when he was in iron man 3 that's the only thing i know him from so i don't know it's it's a little bit long especially for a horror movie it was two hours and 17 minutes and um I did like it. You know, it starts with that really long intro of the four hikers in, in Bhutan in mm-hmm. 1995, and they somehow pick up this virus or spirit. It's it's all very, um, I don't know, nebulous as far as exactly yeah what is going. I didn't even know it was based on a graphic novel by Cullen Bunn, uh, where a virus is spread that induces mania and catatonia. I still, I still liked it. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I, I really enjoyed it while I was watching it, but I think it's one of those that it just fell out of my head, my head pretty quickly. I didn't think about it too much afterwards. Yeah, where a lot of horror movies that I really do enjoy, like, stay with me. I should have sent you this article I read. It was talking about all the different philosophies that are, you know, kind of spread throughout the movie, and it's stuff that was was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you're not familiar with it or looking at looking for it. But I mean, it was all about the influence of Nietzsche and nihilism and in the oh. film. And yeah, either way, it was something that we can always go back to because we did purchase it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, did you do anything else that? Uh, um, I feel like I've been really busy, but also haven't done anything. Um, I finished Shuggy Bane um, for book club, my book club that's not with you. Um, we do a binary vote 
it's either love it or hate it. There's no in between, which is kind of a fun thing, but it's really difficult. Um, unanimously difficult to hear if you're the person who picked the book (laughs) unanimously, they hated it, but I don't think they hated it as a book. I think that there were, because most of them were like, yeah, I, I breezed through it. It was, it kept me interested. I think they just were unhappy with the ending. (laughs) It wasn't satisfying. And I was like, but that's real life. Nothing satisfying. (laughs) (laughs) real life isn't for book club (laughs) (laughs) yeah there are no happy books i really loved it it was it was pretty cool just about the time period and and everything um what was the time period 80s scotland nice thatcher era mining shutting down and everyone's out of work and rampant alcoholism and yeah excellent and abuse (laughs) yeah I've I've been reading a ton of stuff. One of those things was the Grant Morrison run on X Men. Mm-hmm. I'm on volume five so far, and I don't know. I, I there's definitely a lot of things I like about it. I like a lot of Grant Morrison's stuff uh, generally. Uh, there's definitely a lot of kind of those like big ideas that he has. But uh, I mean, it was published in what 2002, 2003. A lot of the art is by Frank Whiteley, and that I enjoy that those issues a lot more than some of the other. Uh, some of the art in that uh, book that's not Frank Whiteley really like takes it's me jarring. out of wanting to even continue reading it. It's just not my my style, my thing. A lot of kind of offensive things in there. The, the costumes are a little ridiculous. And then, I mean, it the costumes for the X-Men, it's kind of really leaning into the whole, this is when around the time when the original X-Men movies were coming out and they were all just like black leather instead of their actual costumes. And they mm-hmm. kind of specifically reference, reference that in these books. But then the Emma Frost character with her, I guess it's supposed to be kind of like an X, but the X is basically just barely covering her body. <laughs> it's really something. Yeah. Uh, so overall I'm, I'm enjoying it or I wouldn't have read up to the, I'm in the middle of the fifth volume, I think right now. So yeah, still good. Speaking of your book club, though, you were trying to decide if you wanted to introduce like a, a graphic novel to them, right? And yes. Invincible was one of the things on on the list of possibilities. I think so. And I've I've never really seriously considered picking up the book, but I I finally did this week because the TV series premiered on Amazon. The cartoon we watched the first episode, and it was really good. Uh, I really liked the first volume, although there was only four issues in there, mm-hmm. and it's quite different. Uh, I think maybe because the series was such a long running series, they're trying to fit everything in, in different places. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Kirkman was on the fat man beyond podcast talking to the, those guys, Kevin Smith and Mark Bernard. And he had to completely rewrite the whole story, basically, obviously pulling from his original material, but right. To make um, the, the TV show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I really, I'm definitely going to get the second volume and, and keep reading it. And, and I, I want to watch more of the show too. Yeah. I know that we were never really into the walking dead. Um, as far as the TV show goes, right. we did read uh, the first 10 volumes. I think. Yeah. A lot of volumes. I think part of the reason why that transition is pretty successful is how hands-on he is in rewriting for television. Yeah. It's gotta be. Yeah. Um, because he, it's clear that he has a vision for the kind of story that he wants to tell. And he seems to have a good grasp on what's going to work for each medium to tell that story. Right. Yeah. I've also been reading the Chip Zdarsky daredevil run 
I read the first arc a while ago. And then the 25th issue came out and it has Electro on the cover as, as Daredevil. And I've heard good things about his this whole run so far. Uh, and it really kind of inspired me to figure, figure out what's going on with that story arc. I'm really enjoying that too. I'm getting those volumes from Hoopla. Nice. The uh, <laughs> online library app. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's good and very handy. Now, I don't know if Hoopla is just for Pasco County because... No, because you have to put in what your library system you're using. Oh, okay. Because mine just automatically it. says mm. Pasco County Libraries when I open that app. And I didn't remember. Setting I set it up. up. Yeah. yeah. So The only other um, comic that we weren't really going to do a deep dive on that I thought was interesting was Berserker, the uh, Keanu Reeves. Oh, yeah. I Matt didn't read Kent. that. Oh, you haven't read it? No. Okay. Well, maybe you can read it. We can talk about it more uh, next week or something. Because it's still, it is, it's, it's hyper-violent. But it seems like it's got a, a good story bubbling underneath. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's obviously just the intro to, to this character. Uh, I think it's already been picked up to be developed by Netflix as a, as a TV show. Keanu Reeves which you got to kind of in. expect. I'm just kidding. Was, well, I think so. I mean, I don't know oh. who else would be. <laughs> you know? uh, the character looks like him and he's, really, he's writing it with Matt Kent. That's my impression anyway. I haven't really like done a lot of research on the book. Mm. But Matt Kent is so cool. He's <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah. That's another book. His I wife's name is Charlene. And that's really all you need to know. No. Makes, <laughs> makes the man. <laughs> it was fun talking to him at Heroes Con that one year, though. And we mm-hmm. bought that first volume of Mind Management, and he did that awesome sketch in the front. And uh, that's another book that I have not read yet. Mm-hmm. You should. It's so I, good. I know. I will someday. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, so I guess we can get into Noctera, right? Yes. It's uh, an image book by Scott Snyder and Tony Daniel. And it's actually the first book for Scott Snyder's creator-owned imprint. What's it called? Best Jacket Press, which uh, is interesting. I I guess I sort of understand the point of imprints. It's just to kind of consolidate a type of book that you want to put a little more of a spotlight on. Is that I right? No idea yeah. i'm gonna go with that sounds exactly i tried right. to look into it a little bit <laughs> and i i guess my impression is from what i read that it's going to be kind of horror centric he's got more witches books coming out he's got <sighs> I'm so excited for uh that. i think a few other projects in the works another book with jock aside from witches and something with greg capullo and and as i was reading about this particular book the first book i i saw that they were trying something new with how to do creator own books, especially with COVID affecting the distribution and the printing, publication, whatever, everything that that was happening. So they did a, a Kickstarter, I think, with where they offered a black and white unlettered version of, of the book. And I think I, I didn't see what the end result was, but it seemed like in, in just a few days they were up over like hundred and fifty thousand dollars raised for this for this book. Nice. And Seems like that was a pretty successful test run. I saw this book coming in the previews catalog and thought I was not going to pick it up. I, I really like a lot of Scott Snyder's stuff. Right. I feel like we read almost everything he puts out, at least trying to, yeah, to give it a chance. I'll I think so. Yeah. Um, and he's stepping away, not completely, but taking a step back from a lot of his DC stuff, which uh, we've talked about before, mm-hmm. had kind of taken a turn where it <laughs> was, was not my favorite thing. Uh, and Tony Daniel... He's a good artist and I really like him, but I've always kind of, I've, I've only read basically his superhero stuff. And to me, he's kind of like, um, 
heavily influenced by Jim Lee. And it's, um, I I think that this book, you can definitely see that, but it's, it's a lot different, I think, than than some of the other stuff I've seen him do. I don't see a superhero vibe with this kind of art. I mean, maybe it's because my headspace was in the story that it it was in, but. Yeah. And I think the art. Uh, in the book is really good. I yeah. think it really does a great job. She does job. really look cool in her costume. Yeah, so. <laughs> costume's pretty cool. Uh, the world building is really effectively done. It's, I agree. It seems like there's a lot in those pages. Um, yeah. Whether it's the prose or the dialogue or, or the art. Mm-hmm. And I, I picked up the the jock variant cover, which I thought was the best cover. It was, uh, it was pretty cool. It shows her and her, you know, her uniform and the, the face shield that she wears with the light around it, which they don't really... Um, reference or talk about it all in this first issue at least yeah i mean you see it a little bit right so yeah you see it um they just don't go into like i mean is that just a light source for her i think so because that's you know how to not die right um it's a really cool concept though that there is this you know not just the sun going out but the fact that there's like this disease that's yeah, like the sun is there, but it's disappeared for the world. The sky is completely blackened by something. They just kind of refer to it as like a plague. You really have no idea what's caused it. But mm-hmm. And then anybody who's uh, in the dark for more than 10 hours starts to change, is yeah, like infected this. by this yeah. virus or whatever, and they they there starts to turn your gums first. Yeah. And that's how they check people uh, to see if they've been affected. They turn into shades. Yeah. Which are just, I mean, it, Night it monsters. To everything. Yeah. I uh, mean, any sort of biological yeah. Yeah, living creature. Animals. Yeah, it definitely sets, sets the stage for a, a, a good, a good story, I think. Mm-hmm. And she's a, a runner, like a truck driver that braves the, uh, braves the wilds outside of these small mm-hmm. compounds that have kind of maintained illumination. They're, yeah. they're lit yeah. as it were. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I'm definitely interested to see where it goes and there's the appearance of a potentially big bad um right at the end there that is going to add another element of excitement because they take off on a what seems to be ill ill ill-fated adventure Mm -hmm. uh, trying to transport a couple people to who knows where Uh, um they're going to canada right yeah there's some kind of sunburn from maybe an area where the sun still gets through uh, like fabled area that was yeah. my impression uh where she was unbelieving but mm-hmm. um yeah it looks really good and did you read the <laughs> epilogue or whatever the letter from scott snyder in the back no i just kind of talked about instantly yeah, i didn't think so yeah <laughs> the inspiration for for the for the book and the storyline and how he was afraid of the dark when he was a kid i'm like oh who's, gosh yeah. who's not afraid of the dark <laughs> gosh, sometimes i still am it depends on what i did that day yeah <laughs> Uh, but it's fun. So it's a good book and I'm, I'm looking forward to, to picking up more issues, which, which was kind of a surprise to me and I, I don't know why. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, did you have anything else for, for Noctera? No. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So good. It is. We've, well, I went to bed while it was still on. On the second viewing. On the second viewing. Right. Correct. <laughs> so there's only six episodes, but they're longer than the, the WandaVision episodes were. Um, at least especially to this point, first two episodes are about 40, 45 minutes. Each. Yeah. It feels like there's like a specific story that is going to be told that for the whole series. And then that's it, which is cool. So there's just yeah, like maybe. a long 
I, I think there might Long form be a movie. second season already in the works. Oh, really? So maybe not. Uh, I m- might have heard that. We'll, have, you, to, we'll you have to could Google have just dreamed it, it after. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All my hopes and, hopes and <laughs> prayers. Oh, gosh. I just remembered I had a really bad dream last night that Courtney had like a weird cyst or something in his neck and it popped and it was full of toxins and he died. And I just cried and cried and cried wow. and cried. That's intense. And that happened last night. I This was not last night, but I think it was a couple nights ago where you were having some kind of dream where you were speaking in your sleep. And I just I kind of... Tried to I think I said okay nudge out you loud, awake did I? a little bit. You said okay. more than that. I don't remember what it was because <laughs> I was also asleep. But <laughs> as opposed to the time before that where you were, um, you know, kind of snarling, <laughs> I just let it happen. <laughs> I tried to like wake you up this time and be like, hey, yeah, you okay? I, yeah, I've been having some intense dreams yeah. lately, but that was awful. <laughs> like I woke up from that feeling like so sad. I'm glad that I didn't remember it. <laughs> again until like right now i don't know what triggered that but mm, my hopes and dreams for a second season of falcon winter soldier <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh all six episodes are directed by carrie skoglin and she's i mean her imdb is quite extensive but she's directed tons of tv from like nosferatu to handmaid's tale to penny dreadful to episode of the punisher so she's definitely uh, experienced and you can tell i mean it's it's really, it's like a movie. It's just, mm-hmm. it's like a long Marvel movie and it's awesome. Uh, I mean, it opens with this really fun action sequence with yeah. Falcon flying through the sky and the, just the way that it was shot as uh, somebody who has one of those, uh, what are they called? GoPros on them. Like it looks like, mm-hmm. you know, he's actually flying through the air with his Falcon wings, which who knows, maybe he was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can support totally. that. But you know, he's he's chasing that uh, Batroc the Leaper guy from, uh, he made a small appearance in Winter Soldier and they've got these squirrel suits on where they're flying around yeah. the air and like ducking into helicopters. It was just, it was a lot it of fun. It was really fun to watch and it wasn't confusing to watch. So I think it was done well for the small screen. Yeah. You know, because a lot of times some of that action sequencing, especially in Marvel movies, you can't watch everything that's going on because it's just so many things. And I felt like I could, yeah, it's very really, contained. Yeah. That's what I have like written down was like it was very um like the threat level was appropriate for <laughs> for Falcon just kind of operating on his own. I thought So the show obviously focuses on Anthony Mackie's Sam Wilson Falcon character from the movies and Sebastian Stan as the Winter Soldier. And uh I mean, I just really love these I mean, I think I I already like this more than WandaVision. Yeah, it I was, think me too. I like their dynamic just, together. Yeah. And more up our alley. And yeah, they're not even together in the first episode, but by the second episode where they get together, I mean, it is, it is, I love yeah. the second episode. Their banter is fun. and Yeah. And so Falcon is kind of doing his, he's being contracted out by the military and Air Force. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The Air Force. Well, cause I think he was army before. I don't think so. I think it was army. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> I, that I, mean, was, I, I don't think it was, but <laughs> well, I am going to look that up then. Good, I'm sure you'll remember to do that. Uh, and then Bucky is going through. Uh, well, he's got uh, appointments with a psychologist as part of his his parole, and mm-hmm. he's going through this process of trying to make amends for the stuff he did when he was a Winter Soldier, and so that plays pretty pom- prominently in the first episode. 
the psychologist shows up again in the second one where they have their their quote unquote couples therapy, which yeah. was an awesome scene. Uh, really like that. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I mean, we still haven't seen any of uh, Baron Zemo. They're obviously going to. Well, we saw him That's right at the not, end of yeah. the second episode, but we haven't seen him in action or seen him say anything. Obviously, he'll hopefully right. play a much bigger role in the in the third episode coming up. No Sharon Carter yet. And um, Sam gave up the shield for the Smithsonian and they gave it to this other, the new Captain America, who I guess is US agent in the comic books. I don't know. Um, we get a lot more of his character in the second episode. And, you know, he's... Yeah, he seems like a decent guy, but he also seems enough, kind of anyway, goobery. Uh, heart's in the right place. At least he's not like a complete douchebag, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> so, but now he's got the shield. There's these flag smashers. The organization uh, that you find out in the second episode is kind of full of these super, super soldiers. soldiers. And I thought one of the best scenes in the second episode was also the the scene where Bucky takes Sam to, to see, uh, what's his name? Uh, Isaiah. Isaiah Bradley. And we get a whole backstory about how he was a super soldier in the Korean War. He was, I, I, I read an article about his character in the comic books. and He was debuted in a 2003 run of Captain America. I think it was Red, White, and Truth. Let me see. We got to... Sounds like somebody would title a comic. Red, white, and truth. <laughs> You're saying, oh, no, it's truth, red, white, and black. Ah. Um, uh, he was inspired by the infamous Tuskegee study, uh, you know, where African-Americans were secretly exposed to syphilis and all that. Oh. And so they, yeah, it's not a happy uh, inspiration, but the series was actually really well received once it started coming out. And he was imprisoned for for things that, you know, superheroes usually get away with. And I think it really... Um, is leading heavily into, I mean, there's definitely a huge undercurrent of race relations and racism in America for the show. Generally yeah. from the scenes in the, in the bank where they, they can't get a loan to, yeah. Which by the way, Tony Stark is getting some L's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the commentary. Yeah. Like I, I think it's just, it's one of those things where you just have to accept that like either they didn't want his money or. It's just not the story that they want to tell. And so they're just kind of willfully ignoring the fact that there was a billionaire in the Avengers and he probably should have taken care of these guys a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but I think it they introduced his character as kind of a segue into giving Sam a, a way to accepting the fact that he should be the next Captain America. Um, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I'm just excited to see how the... The rest of the series plays out. I was reading this article and I found another interesting tidbit about the kid who was in uh, Isaiah Bradley's home. Oh, okay. uh, Eli Elijah, who is uh, somebody who becomes vigilante, the vigilante patriot, a part of the Young Avengers. Oh. So they're they're really kind of like sprinkling in all these Young Avengers characters in the, in the TV shows because, uh, you know, they had Wiccan and what's the other guy? Speedy. Speed. Is that his name? Mm -hmm. uh, speed, not Speedy. I said no. Speedy. <laughs> but, but I'm just really enjoying yeah. this, the show. I can't wait for, for to see the rest of it. It's really exciting to have all of this content. And, you know, with this push now, with all the releases of the upcoming movies, that I think there's going to be, what, three Marvel movies that come out within six months, which is a, Yo, a huge rollout. And I think they have it, to. Black Widow and Eternals and. What is the last one? Doctor Strange isn't 
It got pushed back, didn't it? I don't Maybe know. in the new Spider-Man movie. I think it is the new yeah. Spider-Man movies. But because they have to, everything has to go in a certain order because of the way that they're telling the story. So they have to get these things out. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see Black Widow. Me too. In July. I think it got pushed again it to got, July. It's in July. And they're yeah. releasing it on Disney Plus also. But hopefully by that time, we'll be able to uh, go see it in the theater. Yeah, I know. I miss that experience. But uh, did you have anything else for, for this TV show? No. No. Okay. Uh, you want to talk real quickly about the Snyder Cut? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it bears a full length of discussion. There's a lot out there to listen to about it. But yeah. Um, ultimately way better so much better than the joss than the joss whedon version yeah Yeah. it's it was four hours we did Mm -hmm. it all in one night Mm -hmm. we ate too much pizza no uh i ate too much pizza Mm. i had four pieces half a pizza Mm -hmm. several garlic knots Mm -hmm. a salad of Mm -hmm. some kind Mm -hmm. i did the Um, same it was perfect i felt stuffed What did you think of the runtime though? Like I, it was, I, no I don't think it was, me. I don't think it, well, I sitting through it, there were definitely things where I was like, do we really need this? Oh yeah. Scene? It definitely could have, like I rewatched was Batman it? V Superman, the yeah. extended version that was three hours. And I was like, three hours would probably have been good for the, the Snyder cut. Yeah. I heard a lot of talk about how much slow motion and like, several different people were like i think this movie is so long because of all this slow motion um yeah that wasn't really necessary i think some of it needed to be cut i think because of the way that it rolled out the four hours fine people just expected to see everything yes and and that's fine because would i have wanted to see this in the theater like that for four hours Uh, no yeah (laughs) definitely not but i didn't have a problem sitting through four hours of a movie yeah, I mean, it's so interesting how the backbone of the movie was still so similar, but it's just such a different movie in different hands. Like, obviously, there's a lot. I was surprised at how much footage was not repurposed, like how much new footage there mm-hmm. was in the movie. Well, I think they did a few reshoots. New footage, I mean, like stuff that, that was not used had originally yeah. planned on putting in the movie. And, um, I mean, the tone comparison is just... It's way different. This is clearly in line with Snyder's other DC movies. Right. And the the Whedon stuff, you can just tell where he changed things, you mm-hmm. know, in a way that I super, just didn't fit the tone. Yeah. Um, and I super appreciate the lack of gratuitous ass shots of Wonder Woman. That, that was noticeable. <laughs> yes. I just. It was noticeable in the Whedon, Whedon cut when yeah. we saw it the first time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I it was like, up why? on the screen. We looked at each other like. Um, and it, it's, it's interesting that it was so pronounced that we noticed it so egregiously. Mm -hmm. Um, when you think about, uh, the reason we noticed it as much as we did, I think was, is that it was conspicuously absent from not just the Patty Jenkins movie, but the the ones directed by Scott Snyder and I, by Zack Snyder. And I think (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of controversy surrounding joss whedon his behavior on not just the justice league set but other other tv shows that he's run in the past and Mm -hmm. one of the best things about the the new justice league movie was you really got the the characters of the flash and cyborg really fleshing out the the team their part on the team they were just so unimportant in in the first cut 
that we saw. Mm-hmm. Especially Cyborg. There was Especially almost Cyborg. nothing of Cyborg. And it the... basically is a movie built around <laughs> this time yes. around. Yeah. It was, it was, it was something. It was different. Uh, I really liked the inclusion of Darkseid. And mm-hmm. I can't, they even brought up the anti-life equation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, there was so much in here that sets up for future stuff that, you know. Yeah. I, I think my favorite, just my favorite part of this version was the difference in character in the character of Batman. I did not like the Batman storyline in the Whedon cut. How, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, just kind of oppositional he was to the rest of the team. And mm-hmm. when you it's don't his really team get that he's trying that. to put together, you don't, yeah, yeah, you don't really get any of that in this movie. It's all, it's, it's just all so much better. And to see Ben Affleck have a little bit more success as Batman in this movie than, than the last one. I really, I just enjoyed that a lot. Mm-hmm. Obviously Batman guy. Yeah. But. <laughs> and, and a Ben Affleck guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two for two. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have anything else for Snyder cut or no? Yeah. Uh, I, I had fun watching it. Me and, too. Um, it's one of those things that I, I want to watch again, but maybe think, as like a background. Right. Uh, and I wonder if maybe, I mean, this is something that we never do, but maybe just picking scenes that we really enjoy and just rewatching the scenes that we like. I feel like a lot we're, of people do that. Yeah. And we don't. We're just such completists that we just have to start it from the beginning and watch it through the end instead of being, you know, being picky about, about how we're spending our time with the rewatching of things. So yeah. maybe we should do that. Yeah. I'll probably just watch the whole thing again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, zebra can't change her stripes or whatever. Whatever they say. Leopard can't change its spots. I mean, what's the difference really? One's a leopard. <laughs> it applies equally. Is my point. <laughs> Do you want to wrap it up? Yes. All right. So that's it. It was, uh, it was fun. It was smart. We liked it.